experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join me today. Last week, we saw a pretty decent sell-off in the markets, and that was because of the spike in the number of coronavirus cases, which is causing something like 11 states to start slowing their reopening process. For the week, the S&P, what I refer to as the broad market, the S&P 500 and the Dow, well, they were both down about 3%, and the smaller caps down, uh, stocks were down a little bit more at 4%. If you missed last week's show, I suggest go back and listen, hit the like button, send it to your friends, what have you. But what I said was that I was being cautious in the near term because it felt to me like we could get a sell-off. The reason I'm nervous is because of the VIX, and that's what I call the fear gauge. The VIX has been acting funny. When the market is going higher, the VIX should be going lower and vice versa, but that wasn't happening. We had a couple of days that the market was going up and the VIX was going up too. And then there were days when the market was going down and the VIX was going down. Now, this could just be a random event, event, but since late 2017, every time this has happened, the market suffered a setback. doesn't mean it's going to happen again, but given the big gains we've had over the last quarter, I don't want to ignore it either. Going out a little farther, say nine to 12 months from now, I think the chances are good that we're higher than where we are now. But from here, we might spend some time consolidating these massive gains. So, just to be clear, I think we probably spend some time consolidating the big gains. And we do have that chance that the market pulls back even further. If we do get a pullback, I don't think it'll be massive, you know, maybe 10%. But a little farther out, the path of least resistance is higher, in my opinion. And I'm going to want to look at a few trends here over the couple of weeks. I want to keep my eye on these things. On the top of the list is the coronavirus. We just can't avoid it because any increase in the cases, well, it could slow the economic rebound. My guess is, as long as, that the, as, long as the cases stay localized and we continue to come up with new treatments and, well, we don't go into another lockdown. The good news here is that even though the cases are rising, the death and hospitalizations are declining or at least leveling off. Second would be the economic and fiscal stimulus I've been talking about. Central bank is committed to keeping interest rates low. They're probably going to be very low for a very long time. And they're doing everything they can to stabilize the economy through a variety of different programs. Now, that's on the monetary side. On the fiscal side, we have a phase four stimulus package on the table down in Washington, which places emphasis on bringing American manufacturing jobs back home from overseas, uh, incentives for domestic travel, support for consumers and business that are most vulnerable during this decline, and a payroll tax cut. The commitment is there. Now, for some reason, if that fades away, well, that could spell trouble. I don't think it will. The recent data I've seen 
makes it look like a recovery is starting to emerge. Retail sales, housing demand, new business applications, they've all looked pretty strong lately. Of course, claims for unemployment insurance, well, they've remained high, but the pace of new claims has been steadily slowing. Last Friday, the BEA, that's the Bureau of Economic Analysis, they reported that consumer spending jumped 8.8% last month, despite a continued lockdown in some areas and an enormous consumer savings rate. But Americans' income fell over 4% as the government payouts declined. Keep in mind, consumer spending makes up about 70% of GDP, and that's going to be the key. The Congressional Budget Office is predicting a surge in GDP of 23% for the third quarter and 20% for the fourth quarter, for that matter. The economy's probably going to experience a pretty strong rebound here, but it could take years for us to work through all the the disruptions caused by this COVID-19. Third is earnings. At the end of the day, it's all about earnings. We just finished the second quarter, quarter. And analysts are calling for a 44% decline compared to a year ago. There's no doubt in my mind that you're going to see more debt defaults, more bankruptcies coming down the pike. A lot of businesses like restaurants, for example, well, they just can't stay afloat running at 50% capacity. The good news is, is that earnings have probably hit bottom and they should start to come back. I'm using an estimate of Uh, $162 for the S&P 500. That's for next year, 2021, which means the market's trading about 19 times next year's earnings, if I'm right. So the market isn't cheap, but usually there's opportunities out there. You just have to find them. And what I've been talking about lately is uh, Raytheon, symbol RTX. It's trading about $61 as I speak. And it's paying over a 3% dividend. I like that one at about 60 or under if you can get it. And I think we will. And let me spend a quick minute on the planning side of things here. A couple of weeks ago, the IRS said in a notice that taxpayers who already took an RMD, that's the required minimum distribution, for the taxpayers who already took an RMD this year from a 401k or a 403b IRA, Well, guess what? You can put it back as long as you do it before August 31st. And that's a pretty big deal for the people who don't need the money. Originally, the CARES Act, which is where all this stems from, said if you took an RMD after February 1st, you could put it back. But not if it was in January. After February, you could put it back. And it didn't include non-spousal inherited IRAs. So, as I said, if you took one out in January, well, you were kind of out of luck. Same thing if you had an inherited IRA from your aunt or uncle or something like that. This new rules update so that says now everyone who took out an RMD this year, including the non-spousal IRAs, well, you can put it back. Now, whether you want to put it back, uh, put the RMD back or not, is going to depend on your situation. But I did want to make you aware of this recent rule change. I'm not a tax advisor or tax guru or anything. So check with your CPAs and your accountants on this. Don't take my word for it. If we can help you, 
on the planning side, well, please let us know. You can email us at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com, or feel free to reach out to me directly. Phone number is 301-770-5234. Okay, it's a short week in the markets this week. Friday, the markets closed for the 4th of July holiday. We're going to take a break next week, and I'll be back on the 8th. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. I hope everyone has a safe and happy fourth. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. Listen to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.